We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. My, oh my, as soon as we think we can predict what's going to happen in playoff basketball, if you listen to yesterday's show, Keith and I, we talked all about how the Suns-Pelicans game wasn't going to be all that exciting because we knew what was going to happen, whereas Grizzlies-Wolves was going to be this close battle. Nope, ended up being the exact opposite. Gotta love the NBA playoffs. We've got a lot of news to dive into, a lot of things to talk about today. Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit of playoffs, but excited if you guys notice, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we have a special guest with us today. Eric Pincus is joining us from Sports Business Classroom. Uh, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff, but Eric, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Happy to be here, guys. Always appreciate you guys having me on. Good stuff. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right. Well, For let's sure. start, I guess, yeah. with, so, the, with the news that yeah. it's at the top of the hour. That's That's Devin Booker and everything that's going on with him sounds like he's out for at least a couple of games dealing with that hamstring injury but it is reported to be mild uh eric we'll start with start with you what does this mean for the series like are, are the suns in any kind of trouble here now heading back to new orleans one one and no Devin booker they might be i i, I think that the in-game reaction to losing booker that they weren't ready to absorb that but i think with some game plan and some thought maybe they'll they'll have a better approach and i think the the pelicans are feisty uh i saw them beat the clippers uh in la and you just see like they're they're just almost too i don't want to say like they don't know that they're not supposed to be this good you know what i mean <laughs> like they're they're better than they should be because they believe that they should be better and i maybe that's uh credit to willie green as the coach uh and then bringing in a veteran like cj mccollum so they they have a real shot to put a, a dent into the Suns, but I mean the Suns have absorbed injuries this year pretty well. Uh, they they were without CP3 for a while. I think Devin missed a little bit of time, and and they did. I mean this was the best team in the league, so I don't think ultimately it's going to swing the series, but it could very quickly change things if if the Suns fall apart, and I, I think that's certainly possible. I'm just not going to say I think I, I don't think it happens. But it's it's on the radar now, like just like you said the other day. Yeah, whatever this series. But now I'm like, okay, now I got to really pay a little more attention to it. Keith, yeah, same, yeah, same that, thing, that, right? I mean, this has been this yeah. is now a now a real series that we have to pay attention to. And I think Keith, you put out there the betting odds. Now the Suns are no longer the betting favorite to win the NBA championship. Mm -hmm. I saw the Warriors took the throne there. 
Yeah, that feels a little reactionary yeah. to the uh, first couple mm-hmm. games of their respective series. I, 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 I've been saying for a while now, the Warriors are better than we all kind of collectively forgot they were, and in healthy, they were going to be be a tough out in the playoffs. But if you're Phoenix, this is why you went and got Torrey Craig at the trade deadline. Gives you a little bit more wing depth. You've got another guy you can plug in. Landry Shamit comes in, probably play you know quite a bit more here with Booker out, as as Eric noted. They've got some experience playing without guys, so it, I think it just it makes it a little harder. It's going to take them probably a little longer, maybe, to put the Pelicans away than we thought. But you know, good for New Orleans for jumping on it and getting one and making it a more interesting series. I you know I I. I'm kind of attached to that team now. They've been a fun story a little bit. I'm having a lot of fun with them and their fans are clearly, they're just along for the ride and having a lot of fun. So, you know, let, let, let's go Pelicans and see, see how far we can take this thing. And it's, it's Trevor knows this Eric, but at this time of year, I start counting down. Like, are these how many possible games we have left? Mm-hmm. So I start rooting for game sevens. Cause I want as many basketball games as we mm-hmm. can get the rest of the way. I'm not ready to let it go yet. Yeah. I root for competition. I don't, yep. I, I've, long since lost a rooting interest i root for myself like so if i predict yep. the grizzlies <laughs> to destroy the wolves i am now rooting for the grizzlies because it's my prediction i want to be accurate but really health and and long series is yeah i, I what we had a day the other day where there was no game and it was like ah you know i don't yeah. know ready for that so <laughs> yeah yeah I, you know the absolutely. i gotta say just on the warriors yes they look great and yes they will be fiercely competitive in the playoffs but they're also they're they're fighting they're they're fighting the nuggets who are woefully shorthanded uh, they're yeah. good enough to dominate the regular season on Jokic alone with good role players it's a good team but they're not like playoff caliber mm-hmm. in my opinion anyway so i don't know how good the warriors are i think they're what we think they might be but i don't know that yet for sure yeah, I, I think they're tough. I just would not have installed them as the betting favorite now. That that seems you know way over the top. I uh, you know, but hey, if people can jump on Phoenix, it's not really what we do on the show. But jump on Phoenix, maybe you know, I wouldn't be off that bandwagon if if I was a betting man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm in agreement there. I think the Phoenix they've shown that they can weather the storm. I'm just taking it as one game. They've shown over a long season that this is the best team in the NBA. And so, yeah, if I was a betting man, I, I I might throw a little bit of money down on the on the Suns in this scenario. But you know what, Keith? No Simmons siren needed here. No, but, we're not doing it. But we got more Ben Simmons news than now. And this is jumping to your series, the Boston Celtics against the Nets. Ben Simmons now it's looking like, according to Woj, maybe Game Four. What do you What do you think? We've talked a lot about Ben. What if he comes back in this series, Game Four? Does it really just come down to where the series stands at that point, Keith, in terms of whether or not they actually put them in there? Yeah, let me couch this with saying I do not expect this. Okay. But if Boston was up 3-0, don't put Ben Simmons in. Like that that's just you're you're asking for everything to go as poorly as possible there. Uh if it's a 2-1 series, yeah, maybe if, you know, as long as you feel like you're not going to ruin things going forward, because Trevor, as you know, I'm super high on this team next season when they've got kind of an off season to plan and work together and build it all all out and you know figure out a better way to flesh out their depth around the stars. But as long as you're not feeling like you may lose Simmons or anything like that. Yeah. Then you, you know, pull, plug him in and see where it goes. It's, it's certainly not going to go worse than the four minutes or whatever that Kessler Edwards gave them. Um, I can't imagine in, in game one. So, uh, but 
the people saying, you know, we'll just put him in Bruce Brown's spot and it'll all be good or put him in for Drummond or whoever. Like it's, that's, that's going too far. That's not like, he's, he's not that guy. Like he never has been. So I'm not sure that's where we're going, but yeah, if you can get 10 minutes out of him, uh, All right. But yeah, you gotta, let, let's see what happens tonight in game two and see if that changes anything, you know, maybe more desperation to play him or maybe they look at it and say, all right, you know, we're doing okay. We don't need to rush this. Yeah, he's uh, he's a sensitive guy. I think it's fair to say Ben Simmons mm-hmm. is. So to put that kind of pressure on him, like you wouldn't want him to be the scapegoat of the series. Exactly. Uh, but I think like Bruce Brown plays a similar kind of game in the sense that he's a playmaker for them. Who's not? He's a he's a scorer at the basket. He's not really a shooter. Obviously, anybody who shoots more than three or four times from three is more of a shooter <laughs> than Ben Simmons. Uh, but he's you know he's a I could see them like not replacing Bruce Brown, but basically if you start Bruce Brown and then in rotation, when you pull out Bruce Brown, you're putting in Ben Simmons in that role. Or as you mentioned, like if the big thing isn't working with, with, uh, I mean, if, if you want to go in a different way, uh, with Drummond go smaller, maybe Drummond's helping you. Maybe he's not in the game and you want to have a bigger wing, especially with how, uh, wing heavy the, I mean, uh, Al Horford is not a wing, but he's kind of a wing. He plays almost like a wing, yeah. Right. So, like, I mean, basically you could, in theory, match up better. Like, if you put Ben Simmons in that role and maybe uh, the floor is spread and and the Celtics are doing things, just putting him in, forget about the offense. But he does move the ball well. It's just he doesn't space the floor. So, But you've got shooters on that team. You put him with a bunch of shooters. It's a little scary, the thought of, like, experimenting with this like in game four of a playoff series this is like you would love to have like some garbage end end of season games where you could just play stuff against teams that the seating is already resolved and you don't even care so it's uh but we'll see because we're we're so early in this series we don't really know the the series doesn't have a definition yet and i want to see what that is so we've got some time before we really know what this series is about Yep. Agreed. Uh, we've got one more injury update to get to. And I'm, I'm, you know what? We've talked about this. We've had so many different players who have been out. So many young, talented players. Ben Simmons, who's been out most of the season. Zion Williamson. The, the list just goes on and on. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. All these guys have been dealing with injuries. It's always fun and uplifting to talk about guys who are returning. Now we get to talk about, about Ben Simmons. We get the unfortunate situation with Devin Booker. But I want to finish in terms of our injury update with a positive. Luca. Luka, Luka Doncic, yeah. I mean, he he could very well be back in this next game. The Mavs are not ruling him out. They're saying it really depends on how he feels when he wakes up. Keith, I, how much – again, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. We typically look at if a team is able to, to steal one game on the road, that's, that's great. They're feeling pretty good coming back home. But if Luka is back in action for the Mavs in this next game in game three – I don't know if that's if the Jazz can be feeling all that confident despite winning one in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know that the Jazz are the kind of team that's rolling home right now feeling great. They they have struggled for months now to be the team we were used to. They they just there's something off 
with that team. Yes, they won game one in Dallas, but it was very close. Dallas could have won that game. Dallas did win game two. And now you're looking at it, as you said, normally you'd look at a Utah, one of the better home court advantages in the league. And, and you feel like, all right, we're getting home. And you know who cares if Luka plays or not? Where we're going to off we go. Let's get this thing moving. But the reality is just something feels off in, in Utah. And I don't think it gets fixed by anything here in this series. Now they've clearly got a better shot at winning the series because they did take one one of the games on the road but but let's let's see I, I i'm not sold that this changes anything necessarily and it's you know luca being back if he is back in game three that that's certainly big for the mavs because that gives you a little bit more margin for error going forward yeah the the jazz are older where they need to be younger and <laughs> where they're younger you've got one guy really is, yeah. is donovan mitchell uh, I mean, I know that they've got Alexander Walker, who they traded for, but like in their rotation, there's, I mean, I guess O'Neal is is youngish. He's like 27, 28. I don't know the exact age, but in that range, it's just, he's the only, O'Neal is probably the only real wing defender. And you've got a bunch of guys like Bogdanovich, even Conley, who was a great defender is slower than he used to be. Donovan doesn't yeah, really he's defend. off in this series. And so you've got Rudy as this great rim protector, but I think the Clippers showed how you attack them. I think, I mean, I was at the Laker game where Stanley Johnson on a 10 day uh, just destroyed, like they just had him attack Rudy Gobert. And it's like, you have a bigger wing or a, a not even a wing, but like a power, kind of the Al Horford guy types that we're talking about where it's like somebody who's big enough, but not a real big who can drive and attack the basket. And Luca is like a multi-positional player. And if he's attacking against Rudy, that's a tough go. I, mean, I, I I don't like where Utah is. I don't think they have a continuity. I think everyone knows internally, maybe they're not verbalizing it, but that this is probably the end of the road for this particular iteration of the team. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe there will be a trade. Maybe there'll be multiple trades. Uh, I just think they don't have any real wing depth as far as defense. It's just a bunch of talented players, but some are past their prime. I think Bogdanovich is a great shooter, but he's not a good defender. Uh, I mean, man, it's just it just doesn't work. And let's just be honest there. Whatever happens with Dallas, maybe they get past Dallas. I don't think they will. But let's say they do. It's not going to be a long postseason, I don't think, for the Utah Jazz. Agreed. Yeah, I think that the Jazz are probably looking at a breakup, maybe a different head coach, maybe some players being moved. And then they're going to have a different look coming into next season. Danny Ainge, we know, is going to be itching to make some changes there. And Luka Doncic will certainly do what he can to make sure that happens and see if they can send the Jazz home in round one. But that's that's about all we've got to cover for our injury updates. We do have some stuff to cover, though, with with Eric. So let me just throw back to you here, Eric. Um, how did you get into because you're known around the league, you know, you've been doing work on NBA TV in the past and, and all sorts of things covering the the CBA, the salary cap, everything involved there. How what what was it about all of that that really caught your attention, caught your interest? and caused you to dive into that mm-hmm. into that area. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right. Like, so what's wrong with me? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was trying to say so, it in a nice way. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I write for Bleacher, uh, but before that, going back to the early days, I wrote for a website called Hoops World, which is no longer in existence. But uh, my area of coverage was mostly Lakers, a little Clippers, which is still to this day what I do for, I did that for the LA Times and I do that for Bleacher, but I write nationally. And and at the time I didn't write nationally, but I, I learned as if you're writing for a team and you want them to be better, which is you know what the fans are interested in reading, right? They want to know our team is whatever it is. You could win a title. How do we get better? How do we stay on top? Worst team in the league. How do you, what is the draft? What is like, how do you trade? What is cap room? All those kind of questions. And then if you want to trade, well, you have to know how trades work. You have to know where 29 other teams are in, in their life cycle, right? Like there's championship life cycle. Uh, right now, maybe that's the Bucks, And you have your rebuild, which is the Thunder. So uh, you have to know those details. And, and as I was writing for Hoops World back in the day, uh, that's when I realized like, okay, there's a set of rules that are similar to learning like, the, what's on the game like you, have, you can't just run with the basketball you got to dribble like what's a block charge that's a a difficult judgment on the court um what's traveling like a gather all those kind of rules and some just like the simple ones you know like if you shoot the ball behind the arc it's three points right if you shoot a free throw it's one there's some simple rules in the cba there's some gray areas there's some complexities but i realized it's not any different but that the game isn't 48 minutes it's like 365 it's played all year by 30 different teams at the same time. And so I I guess that was interesting to me how that game was played and I got to know Larry Coon pretty well. Uh this is, you know, we're going back to when Summer League was in Long Beach, so we're talking about <laughs> uh at the Pyramid. It's, this is a, you know, dating dating me and Larry a bit, but uh and and I I found that I had a knack for asking questions to Larry that weren't in his FAQ. If you go to CBA FAQ, you'll find that, um, you know, and Larry, of course, is the general manager of our immersive program in sports business classroom. But um, he's kind of the godfather of learning how the cap works. And so I could ask him questions because if, if it was in the FAQ, then I wouldn't have to ask Larry a question. I would go to the FAQ. But I was I had a knack for finding the, the kind of the edge cases and the gray areas uh, and just got to find questions that Larry and I would have to research together to figure out. And uh, Larry brought me in six years ago to sports business classroom to, I guess it might've been longer than six years because we lost one with the pandemic. So maybe seven years ago now. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just an area that I've always found interesting. I have, a, I guess, an ability to communicate it to the public in a way that um, is accessible. Uh, I, I can take complex information and try to narrow it down into a way that's digestible. Um, if you know me well and you see my feed, I, get questions a lot about hard caps and things like that. Just sort of, you know, like I get a lot of the same questions over and over yep. and over and over again. And I have three kids, so, you know, they're older now. Um, I have a lot of patience. I've been married for, gosh, 22 years, 20, you know, in, in November. So I, you know, patience 
uh, I guess I, it's something that I, that's been burnt into me now. So I, I don't mind answering the same question a lot. Uh, I do my best to try to explain stuff in a way that, um, that helps. And I guess I've sort of made a, a career out of, out of this sort of aspect of, of what I do. Now, I have to know, does Luol Deng's dead salary coming off the books hard cap the Lakers? Is that, that how that works? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I had to, so, like, you, like Bleacher tweeted, Bleacher Report tweeted that, like, the Lakers are finally out of Luol Deng's salary. I and I was like, well, no, they're not. I mean, kind not of. True. Like, technically, he's yeah. on the books till June <laughs> yeah. 30th. And yep. then, technically, they're probably paying him until, I guess, like, around October 15th-ish or something like that. Sure. So, like. Yeah, um, but I get the spirit of what you're saying yeah. here. But yeah, no. So, um, you know, I I decided last summer because I was getting these questions every day to just tweet it every day. I just what are, you know, if you do this, this triggers a hard cap. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yep. I would bump into like, I mean, literally, like I bumped into like a, a few GMs or like people. I one's a, a guy I know who is a part owner of a team. Who was like, hey, you know, hard cab. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I, I've steered into the skid. I don't mind it. So, you know, if you want to call me Mr. Hard Cab, I'm whatever. I'll take it. It's, it's my, 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 uh, my burden to carry. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. Mine became the disabled player exception after Gordon Hayward broke his leg oh, on yeah. opening night. It was like a million DPE questions every yes. single day of like, how can, can the, how does this work? And it finally became the point where I wrote the article and then I would just tweet back the link. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to answer one. This is too long of an answer for Twitter. Um, at how Twitter's how I kind of, I think started interacting with Eric and, and I can say as nice as he comes off here is even better guy, you know, you know when you Appreciate really that. get with him Cause I ask a million questions, probably, you know, same kind of thing. Like, like Eric kind of, you, you were the uh, more accessible, readily accessible <laughs> version of Larry, I think for me, because Larry's Twitter, he's on Twitter, but he wasn't on there all the time. And I was right. like, all right, Eric's on. And, like, and I would see you answering questions and I'd be like, Hey, what about this? What about that? And you know, all, always super patient and helpful to answer Thanks. those questions. So, so, but I'm going to ask you another one now, just kind of just a, a very general question. So Trevor and I both have some thoughts and we've been sharing them with people who watch. They don't know how we think about this, but this summer, this particular off season, how do you see the landscape shaping up for the league? Well, I mean, there's no money. <laughs> you know I mean, like, out of, I'm trying to, I haven't done a comparison in my memory. I don't think that I've seen a tighter summer since covering the league and I could be wrong and I'd have to go back, you know, I maybe like 12, 13, 18 years ago, there might've been a tight summer, but like in modern history, certainly under this CBA, which is 2017 and certain, certainly under 2011 CBA, the last two CBAs, it's the tightest market that's out there. And so, um, people are like, Oh, Jalen Brunson's playing himself into a huge contract. Maybe, maybe. But there's only three or four teams that have the money that are going to actually use it. Like Portland can have the money, but they may not want to go under the cap. Oklahoma mm -hmm. City can kind of go under the cap, probably don't go under the cap. Uh, they are under the cap right now. But uh, when Shea Gilgis-Alexander's money kicks in, then they're over. And so uh, teams can trade to make cap room, but you kind of need the teams that have cap room to get there, or there are some that still have some trade exceptions and there are still some creative ways to generate cap room, but like Deandre Ayton having a great year and the Suns having a great year. I think that kind of in theory should put to rest that he'll stay and they'll pay him. But that was kind of where I was going at the you know, last off season. Okay. They didn't extend him. 
who can go after Aiton and like, okay, well, mm-hmm. they can't, they can't, they can't, they can't, they can't. It's like basically the Pistons and like the Magic and like there's a few others that can kind of have cap room. Like the Grizzlies kind of, they don't really have any roster space. You could argue that Tyus Jones is more important than chasing Jalen Brunson. In my opinion, I think Tyus Jones fits better what they do. So just pay him and figure something else out. Right. So like, those are the kind of debates you go through each team and it's like, there's just not a lot of money. So, um, there's such a thing, you know, there's a sign in trade, which does generate a hard cap. And then now you have to look what teams can have hard caps. Um, so you have to kind of look at not just how little teams are spending, but how much are they spending? So the warriors are in a position where they're spending more than anyone every year, basically. And so they're not a team that would have that possibility, regardless of the basketball. You just cross off the teams that can do it and mm-hmm. teams that can't. And so uh, I, I really just don't think there's a lot of money. And it's not a great free agent market either. There's not a ton of great players. So like if Bradley Beal's like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to be in Washington anymore. Where do you go? And so now that's an issue. Now he could say, I'll go to the Pistons and and unless you trade me if I opt like I'll opt in and kind of do what Chris Paul did with the Clippers to get to Houston. Uh but like I mean and and like we don't know what's gonna happen. There's always one player that opts in that you think is gonna opt out, mm-hmm. and always one player who opts out the other way, the opposite of that. So like, you know, hey, maybe you know John Wall opts out. I don't think that's ever gonna happen in a million years. Russell Westbrook. Or maybe Russell Westbrook, <laughs> right? Like like um but at least with Beal, there's that like is he happy there? But Beal also didn't have a very good season, and he's coming off of an injury. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he can get max money from Washington now, then get it. Uh, but there's nowhere else. And now next summer is a little different because there are a lot more teams that have cap room, and there probably will be a new collective bargaining agreement. We don't know that for sure. But in December, uh, either side, the NBA itself or the NBPA, the Players Association, can opt out in in December of 2022 to end the CBA after 22-23, which is the next season. And I think a lot of people that I ask think that it'll, it'll happen, that they will opt out, but there's optimism that they'll work a deal, won't be like a lockout. Mm-hmm. In theory, there'll be some contentious issues, but generally speaking, there's too much money to go around that no one wants to stop that train. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that, that's that. We just don't know what a new CBA will look like. And so I think teams are also cautious about what they do this summer because they want to just be flexible for what could come in 2023. So that's kind of my read on things. Yeah, I think that's an agreement where we've been. We've talked a lot about how trades are probably going to be more the way to improve your team uh, this offseason. I wrote about it for Spot Track uh, back probably, was probably a month ago, but really nothing has changed. Yes, the cap projection went up by another million, which is great, and that's really good news, but did not enough to you know drastically swing things. But there's, there's not even there, – let me think the right way to phrase this. There is a – smaller than you think number of teams that are probably even going to have the full mid-level available uh, to use this off season. Uh, you're, you're absolutely spot on with that. I, I was trying to, I was trying to do a little bit of that. When was the last time it was like this? You know, when I was thinking about when everybody was capped out and that, but I was like, but even then, like the tax was such a barrier for teams back then. that I was like, uh, you know, we'll, we're capped out, but we're not pushing the tax and those kind of things. So, so we're, we're with you. And it, it is funny that you mentioned the, the CBA opt out too, because I thought about this. Uh, there, there's always reasons behind the league 
pushing and sharing their TV numbers. Mm -hmm. And I think one of them was, hey, we're all doing pretty good here. And there's a new one of these coming along the way too with the TV contracts. So let's not slow things down at all. Let's keep the strain on the tracks and let's go. And and I think the fact too, they they worked through the bubble, they worked through the pandemic, they worked through all that stuff. I don't think anybody's going to, going to get too crazy with, you know, Hey, it's time to really shut things down and you'll rebuild. It's kind of like what we saw with baseball. Uh, this past off season where, where it just became a mess. And the NBA, I think, also very much recognizes, whether you like it or not, the off season is a big point of interest on the NBA calendar. Mm-hmm. And no, nobody wants to wants to you know finish the finals, have the draft, and then be like, all right, we'll see you in six months or whatever, anything like that. No, nobody likes to do those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's 100% a factor. But I also think another part of this dynamic that we need to talk about, not only is there not that much money out there, that, that certainly matters. You can talk about how many teams just simply don't have money to spend, even if we're looking at the exceptions. But also, how tight is the race right now for contending teams? Look, yeah. at, look at how many teams right now can talk themselves into, we can win a championship this year, or we are one piece away from winning a championship. I think that's going to be a factor this offseason as well, where teams who don't have necessarily cap room to go spend, there's going to be incentive for them to make some sort of a move. And that means, ideally, an even hotter trade market than what we might see in, in previous years. Yeah. Uh, I, this last year was very trade heavy. Yeah. <laughs> there were a ton mm-hmm. of trades this year. So I think that's the extension of, and and, and also extensions too. Like we had, yeah. players are extending. We, you know, I just wrote on sports business classroom, a list of all of the rookie scale uh, extension eligible players like Jordan Poole. People have been asking me, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole, Warriors fans, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole. Uh, but like Darius Garland, obviously Zion, which uh, is a, is a whole nother bag of worms. Uh, and then Ja, and like, it's a good class and they're extension eligible, but you look at trades, extensions, all of this teams are trying to get over that top, you know, cause there isn't a clear, like, Oh, the, whatever like LeBron or the Warriors or Jan, like there's no one who's just absolutely running away with it. But then also like what we saw with the Pelicans with CJ is like exactly what the league wants, right? Mm -hmm. Like usually where the Pelicans were, they would never have made that CJ trade Mm -hmm. in a million years without the plan, because you're basically investing in a guy who doesn't fit your age bracket, who's a ton of money, who was coming off of like a collapsed lung, never mind that he's really, really good and that the, the injury was fine. Like he he was going to be okay. That wasn't a concern. Um, or at least I, you know, I didn't believe I'd heard that he would be fine, but most teams that are where the Pelicans, there, there was no run to make without the plan. So we have, instead of you, you used to have eight teams in each conference and maybe you'd have a couple of teams that were fighting for those low playoff spots. Now, it's 10 and you have two teams fighting for those plans, give or take, you know, those last couple of spots. You might have, you know, maybe like 25 teams at some point, like with a month to go that are still fighting. And that's what, um, that's what we've seen. And, you know, the people say, oh, I don't like the plane or I like the plane and, and talk about the pros and the cons of the playoff worthiness of it. But that's not even what the real impact is. The real impact is is that it's reduced tanking. And I think that's what the league wants. So you've got more teams, you know, to, to your point of a bigger trade market, you have more buyers than than sellers than you used to have. And I think that's going to continue um, because the NBA is relatively wide open as far as championship. Maybe the Bucks win and, and people say, oh, no one's ever going to beat the Bucks. I don't think anyone thought that after last year. You've got all these teams going for it and you have all the bubble 
uh, playoff teams, the playing bubble now. And I just think it's, it's going to be fun. If you like trades, I think fans love trades. Oh yeah. Uh, and <laughs> free agency is a huge thing. So to, to not go into a lockout makes a lot of sense. I will say that like it was different leadership. It was Chris mm-hmm. Paul and, and Michelle Roberts and Michelle's retired. Chris has moved on. It's now CJ uh, McCollum and Tamika Tremaglio. I don't know if I'm saying it hundred percent right. Yeah, I got to I did the same thing. We went I through was that like, I got to nail this one down. <laughs> That's what I think, what I think it is. But if, if I apologize, if it's wrong, um, but I, I haven't seen her speak publicly yet and I haven't seen her say her own name yet. So that's usually how <laughs> I go. Um, but, um, still it's like, yeah, I mean, the NBA is in a healthy place. Obviously there are areas that need improvement, like the whole Ben Simmons thing, mm-hmm. James Harden, pushing for a second trade in, in, in the last however many months or years or whatever. Uh, and there's a lot of questions and, and there will be fights that will happen, but not like, you know, lockout worthy. I think we're, we're going to have a fun trade market. They'll opt out and we'll get a new CBA. And um, I think teams are still a little unsure what that will mean. But um, in theory, if they opt out, uh, the, the summer decisions are going to have to be made before all that. But the trade deadline they may have a sense of what the new CBA is going to look like by February if they opt out in December. In theory, they're negotiating it in January. And, you know, in theory, it might not resolve until June. It might not resolve until July. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, these are just some of the factors coming up on the calendar this this next year. For sure. Yeah, when we get that new CBA, that sends guys like you and I scrambling to learn all the new rules and how to apply them and how they all work. And that's um, – I think where we want to go with with that, I think that's a good segue into sports business classroom. Um, So you you guys who are watching on YouTube, you can see Eric's got the banner behind him. Um, Explain to folks who maybe don't know at all um, what it is. What, what is sports business classroom? Well, so it's, it's fundamentally, it's an educational platform that, the goal isn't just to teach, but it's to help people break into basketball and to actually get jobs. So it's, it's more of, um, like, a a, a specific training for a skill that you're going to apply right away. And so, you know, getting into the NBA as a professional, it's not like being a lawyer or a doctor, we have to go through certain amount of schooling and then maybe you're an associate or a resident. Uh, it's a different kind of industry where there's only 30 teams, but, uh, our, our connections, because it's it's owned and run by uh, Albert Hall and Warren Legary, who created Las Vegas Summer League together. And it's a, a it's a program that's actually partnered with the NBA itself. So we've had like Adam Silver speak and Mark Cuban. The list is crazy. Masai and um, I mean, it, everybody that you can think of from the coaching level to the scouting level to the GM level, Tommy Shepard. Um, I mean, I, I, I could spend like the next hour just listing names. <laughs> Uh, but the core of it is that you're the immersive program in Las Vegas. So we do stuff year round, but this is actually at the gym in Las Vegas, uh, in the rooms where executives are coming and going and whatnot. And we bring them in and they talk and it's not just like a room full of 1500 students and you're, you're just listening. And it's like, you're hearing how some GM got his job by, you know, going to like, you know, he, he, shag balls for some coach and worked his way up, um, which is good to get. And you'll get a little of that kind of information. Uh, but usually you leave those kind of big giant programs kind of like, cool, I got some information, but how does that help me directly? Whereas this is like, 
We did 60 students last year because of you know COVID restrictions. We'll probably cap it at like 90 to 100. So it, it'll eventually fill up. So it's it's not something that I go about like I'm not trying to like sell. It's more of like the people who are watching your show have more of an interest mm -hmm. in this aspect, you would think. And um, it, you're not just like frivolous kind of stuff. So if you're listening and you're watching this, uh, watching on YouTube or listening, you're like, I actually want to do this. That's why I listen to this. How do you get to that point? And that's really what our, our class is about. And so you just sit with 90, whatever many we end up with, and you're being mentored by people like myself, by Larry Kuhn. You could study salary cap. You could study uh, scouting video and analytics. Uh, we have actual coaches, actual scouts that you're going to learn from, and you actually sit and watch games with and write up a scouting report with them, and they help you with that. Uh, we have someone named Jeff Fellinger who's a professor at USC who helps with resumes. And that's like so valuable because like that's how you that's your first, you know, when you send in your resume, it's you could be great, you know, great. But if you don't represent it on paper enough for them to say, oh, no, this guy or this this uh, lady is no good. You got to get it on paper. And then we also have broadcast and media run by Bo Estes, who's like the voice of NBA TV's <laughs> like recaps. Of, Bo's awesome. Uh, Dave DeFore runs the scouting video and analytics, and he's so, uh, I don't know if you know Dave, but he's so generous with his energy. Uh, it's just a great program. And Larry, of course, teaches uh, the salary cap major, of which uh, I teach basketball operations, and I work with Larry on the salary cap stuff. So, And we all help with everything. And it's just, I keep in touch with so many students. We actually have like two former students who are GMs of G League teams. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, Amber Nichols and uh, Nick Lagios of the Capital City Go-Go and the Capitanes, uh, respectively. That's the new uh, Mexico City base. I think it's Mexico City base. Mm -hmm. yep. team. And then we also have, like, former students are with the Nets and, and they're with the Celtics and with the Nuggets. And it just goes on and on. We've had people with the Lakers and we've had people with the Clippers. Mm -hmm. We have people with the Clippers right now. Um, yeah, we have two people. I, it's like people are actually getting jobs and that's really the joy of it and that's what that's where i i'm trying to pay forward what i've i've had a very fortunate uh situation you know i've gets paid to basically do what i like to do <laughs> and so if we can help um and it helps us because if we can get good talented people uh, we don't just let anybody into the class you need to write a cover letter you have to get admitted uh and then we work with you and then you know if we're endorsing you for a job it's because we've gotten to know you and we believe in you and and uh and it kind of pays itself forward because now we're give we're a pipeline for nba teams to get better talent in their front offices and so now they respect us and they see us you know the name on the resume uh you oh you you're a sports business classroom so now they know like okay i'll first of all i want to put them in the maybe pile and then they might reach out to one of us and say hey, what do you think of this kid or the student um and, uh, you know, now you we've gotten to know you and I keep in touch, like I said, with so many. Uh, we have a discord. We keep in touch like daily. All we're doing is chopping up this stuff. So anyway, good fun. Uh, go to sportsbusinessclassroom.com or just uh, hit me up on Twitter if you have questions about it. Uh, I'm happy to talk, talk it through. Um, I've, I did some video meetings with some potential students who just needed to understand you know, how it would work and what it could do for them. Um, and I kind of laid it out for them and and I'm happy to take a little bit of that extra time really for the love of the game more than anything else. Yeah, Eric, we would be, be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Ron Gutterman, who who's worked with me yes. over at Lakers Nation and has also done stuff here for us 
on uh, an NBA front office, and he just wound up with uh, with the Denver Nuggets and went through through you guys. Yes. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ron's great. Um, it's just um, just somebody who, I mean, I, I wrote a story on Ron. It was really an interview that's on the Sports Business Classroom uh, website. If you, if you want to understand his journey, which is really just, he wanted to take it in 2020. Uh, COVID happened. He waited a year, 2021. Then he actually, uh, I think he interviewed for a job with the Nuggets and didn't get the job. And then like some period of time passed and he reached out because he saw some turnover and because he made such a good impression uh, that led to his position now. And it's just, um, you know, I've, I've, I talked to Ron like almost daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, now I have to be, we have to be a little bit more cagey and careful because, you know, he's with the <laughs> team now. Um, but as far as like, you know, he's just somebody that one of the students I've kept in touch with who, um, you know, it's just, you have to have that passion. It's, it's not going to work. If you're watching this show, you're probably passionate about this sort of thing. Are you passionate about actually going into it professionally? Uh, and this is a way to do it. And uh, it's probably the best way to do it, unless like your last name matches uh, like the last name of someone else. There's some nepotism, there's some cronyism <laughs> in the league. It happens. We can't, you know, there's not a lot of pinkuses out there, pink eye or whatever in the league, but I, I've made friends throughout and and that's how I do my job is a lot of relationships. So it's, it's great about, that's really a big part of it, building relationships with your your fellow classmates. And then, you know, Keith, you did the virtual with us last time. Oh, it was a blast. Uh, yeah, it's 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 so much fun. Uh, the mock trade deadline is usually what people leave uh, just like talking about that for years. I mean, that is seriously the best. So um, I just hit me up if you have questions. Sports business classroom. Uh, I could talk all day on this stuff. So uh, but uh, l- let's let's dig into uh, to whatever else you got for me. <laughs> I, I just want to say too, just to kind of add to it, I've come across so many people throughout what I do that have been through sports business classroom. And, and what Eric said is they really, you guys take a care in who you let into the program and you can tell because it's not just anybody who, you know, said, all right, I paid my fee. Here I am now give me a job, which Unfortunately, a lot of times that happens with these sorts of things. You know, I, I worked for Disney for 20 years, and it, this is like a condensed, almost hyper-intense internship period where it's like you're doing the work, you're meeting people, you're doing all this stuff, and hopefully you're going to leverage that into something after. And and that that is where, for me, it becomes really important to pick the right people. And the people I've come across, whether they're in the midst of it, because if you've ever been to Summer League over the last several years, uh, you you see everybody running around all over the place that has been, uh, that, that has taken part in it. And the number one thing that I can tell with all of them is, one, they're usually pretty tired <laughs> because it is an <laughs> intense week, but they're all so happy. They're having a great time with it. They're also happy to be learning and doing this stuff. And that that's a testament to the program you all put together because that's where we want to see people come and let their passion show like that, right? Where it's, it's this, and I know you guys say it in something I say all the time and Trevor repeats it when we get asked, mm-hmm. You're, it's not enough to say, you know, guys, I really love basketball. 
okay, you and the 7,000 other kids behind you or adults, anybody is, right? Because it can be adults. They they all love basketball, right? We 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 know that you, you wouldn't be doing this, you wouldn't be watching the show, you wouldn't be following us on Twitter if you didn't love basketball. That's not enough, you know. And so are you taking those extra steps? And that that is that's huge. And to have these programs, I, I say it all the time. I wish something like this existed when I was coming out of school because I probably would not have spent 20 years working for Disney. <laughs> I probably would have gone down this path far earlier than I did because that would have been something I, I would have really wanted to do. But yeah, it is, it's really awesome. I think it's so great. And you guys are so generous with your time before and after. And I, I'll just say this too, the virtual events, if get into Vegas is tricky for y'all, the virtual event, super cool too, really top-notch stuff. Um, you know, I, I was, I, I not only part, part I, I don't know how to put it, participated, helped, whatever it was, contributed, but I was able to sit in and listen to some of the sessions as well. And incredible that trade deadline week, you guys had NBA GMs taking time out of trade <laughs> deadline week <laughs> to amazing. come and talk to students. Like it was just so cool to, to see that. And it was, it was great to hear Larry, you know, kind of couch it with, Hey, these guys might need to go <laughs> like very like, Hey guys, I need to leave. <laughs> and he said, but they're here, you know, let's make the most of it. And it was, it was really great to, to see that. And, you know, and now to have them, you know, openly say, Eric, Eric said it, but I can tell you guys, these GMs openly said, when I'm looking for somebody, I'll look for sports business classroom on a resume to see, you know, is it there? And then I make the phone call. Yeah, I think it was Tommy Shepard, and hopefully I'm not telling a story out of school here, but said, I'll even call before. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm looking for somebody. You got any recommendations? So, hey, you know, go. That doesn't just mean show up, pay, and you're good. You got to do, do the, the work. work. You got to put the effort in. Absolutely. But if you do, the, the guys are going to help you along with that. Yes, sir. I appreciate yep. that. Uh, we We do have put a lot of love into it. That's just, you know, that's just who I think Larry running the program kind of set the tone for that. And, you know, if I'm his, if I'm his number two, then I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing, I'm paying it forward. And, uh, and I, I, like I get, I have projects all the time. I do some consulting and I involve my students and they're, they're helping me with projects like constantly, uh, actually for money too. So like, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't, okay. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fun job. I can't, I can't lie. I, I am blessed and, and happy to try to get other people into, you know, that kind of situation, but you got, you got to put in the work, you got to show up. So, uh, sportsbusinessclassroom.com, just check that out. Uh, or, uh, just hit me up on Twitter at Eric Pincus and I'm happy to walk, walk, walk it through you for you. Walk through it for you. Awesome. I will say to you real quick, just for anybody who else is wondering if you're intimidated by, well, there's only 30 teams. There's only so many of these jobs. I know folks who've gone through it that work for agencies now Mm -hmm. doing cap work for agencies as these agencies get bigger and let's face it, far more powerful. It feels like by the year they're starting to hire their own cap folk who are not just focused on, you know, it's, Hey, what's the entire league look like? Cause we got to find a home for player X who needs this. And, you know, uh, a lot of things with that. So there's a lot of really cool opportunities. I know folks have gone the media route out of this and things like that. So like if you're, you know, I don't know about working for a team, I'd like to do this. It's going to open doors for you on that end too, which is, is, is really great, but we'd be remiss with two Lakers guys. I had to rock (laughs) a little green. Just to provide a little balance, to balance that out for us here, ah. exactly. Uh, like, remember, Luke Skywalker had the green lightsaber because he's the good guy. So let's just remember that. Um, 
we we got to talk Lakers before we go. <laughs> Just briefly, Trevor's talked it to death, so everybody knows. But Eric, everybody, if they don't know, Eric he covered the Lakers for a very long time. You know this stuff inside and out more than just about anybody does. What's without getting super deep into the weeds and the details, how do they fix this? Uh, so I've written two or three articles recently on Bleacher Report that kind of detail it. Uh, there was something around the end of March that kind of explained how they got here, which kind of showed like a general lack of diligence when it came to transactions and uh then it was more like, okay, how do you fix it? So I'm, I'm focusing less on on the past, more mm -hmm. on fixing it. And I think the the first real question for the Lakers is LeBron James. And this is my most recent article is like, he's extension eligible August 4th. He can sign for two additional years. He could do a one plus one, like add two years, but the last year is a player option. Technically could do a team option, being LeBron James, probably player option. Uh, mm -hmm. Or he could not extend at all go to free agency and this is something that sam amick wrote uh that he had heard was um being bandied about on the on the lebron side on the clutch sports side that maybe he would go back to what he did in cleveland which was more of like one year at a time something michael jordan did in in uh back in chicago it, it gives the player a little bit of leverage in, as far as like if, if we like what you're doing then we'll stay and if we don't like it we'll leave but the problem is for the lakers is most of the decisions they need to make are multi-year, right? So if you have that commitment from LeBron and you're like, fine, we th we don't know if we can win again with LeBron, but we're going to try. That's like one path. The other is if LeBron is leaving in a year, we can't give up all of X, Y, and Z because we need to be, we need to protect ourselves if you're the Lakers. And so uh, getting that answer is vital. But, you know, if you believe Sam Amick, uh, that might be the way that LeBron's going. I actually reached out to Clutch, and I was told they ha just haven't had those internal discussions yet at all. So it's premature to say anything because it's just after the season. They haven't sat down. You could believe that or not. I, I, I take what certain people say and pass it on as a reporter, but I can't vouch for anybody. You know, people lie in this industry. So uh, not <laughs> to say that they're lying. I'm just saying it's. Sure. I don't know. I'm it's just, how the game is, what, is played. Yeah, that's what they're saying. At least that's what they said to me. And so uh, the main thing is if you want to get out of Russell Westbrook, you have to either yeah. A, give up significant considerations to do so, which could be future firsts, could be younger players, a combination of all of that. Uh, it could be uh, stretching him, which I would argue is a better decision than a bad trade. Uh, and what that does is it gets the Lakers under the tax immediately and then allows them to either keep Malik Monk or use that money to spend on someone else, about $10 million, gives them their biannual, gives them a little more trade flexibility because matching's a little different when you're under the tax. Uh, and then it does hurt a little bit later, the next two years. But if LeBron is staying, you're not going to be under the cap with AD, uh, not a significant amount. If you're under 12, 13 million under the cap, that's as, as good as not being under the cap. And so uh, stretching Westbrook, could be the the better solution trading young pieces could be the solution but without a commitment from lebron that's difficult or find another team that has a contract that's worse than russell westbrook because this is only one year it's very large uh there's been talk about like indiana i've written on with some of the pieces they have there brogdon is a very difficult contract gordon hayward uh, i've written on with charlotte difficult contract multiple years uh, Charlotte has some money that they're going to be spending on Miles Bridges, maybe P.J. Washington, uh, who knows. 
So these are the kind of questions that, again, do you take on bad salary without a commitment from LeBron? Do you either give up young pieces, stretch Westbrook that hurts your cap, or take bad bad contracts, maybe good players, maybe not? So those are the kind of debate. Or do you do nothing and just like, you know, trade LeBron, all those kind of crazinesses? I don't. I've heard nothing to suggest that the Lakers would consider that at this time. There's no consideration that I've heard that they're going to trade AD. But if LeBron is like, I'm done after this year, that might change things. Mm-hmm. So this is really the point of clarity. Everything else kind of follows after that. And as LeBron said in his exit interview, he can't even negotiate it with the Lakers until August. However, that's not how the the, the league tends to work. People tend to discuss things legally, including clutch sports, uh, because the the Bulls were fined uh, a draft pick, a second round pick, because they pre-negotiated a deal uh, for Lonzo Ball. So it, it's not something outrageous to say that this conversation could be had before August. It needs to happen before June, because that's when the Lakers need to make moves around the draft. Has, needs to happen around July or before July, rather, before free agency. So that's really the the to me the focal point of what comes next for the Lakers. Yeah, ultimately, the Lakers and LeBron they've got to be on the same page because. What you don't want to have is a situation where you're in June and LeBron says, well, I'll make a decision in August. Once you've done what you're going to do in July, I'll see how you do in July. And then we'll go from there. And then if you're the Lakers, you're saying, well, but we can't do what we're, what you need us to do in July. If we don't know that you're going to stick around. So they've got to keep those lines of communication open and figure out exactly what that's going to look like. And I think that's also going to be a factor in the Russell Westbrook decision. Like we've said, if, it comes from, it comes about that LeBron says, I'm not going to stay long-term. Well, then you lose some of that motivation to give up stuff, whether it's draft picks, whether it's future cap space, in order to move Russell Westbrook. And maybe it becomes a little more palatable just to keep his contract and then move forward with a bunch of room in 2023. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right. Like, I don't think they can live with things as right. they are. If I, I watched all the exit meetings. Um... And it was like, LeBron didn't say, yeah, we need to have Russ back. Uh, Palinka wasn't like, yeah, we need Russ back. It was clear. And Russ was not like, oh, yeah, I need to be back. Like, it, it may not have been what was said specifically as much as what wasn't said. Like, LeBron said, you know, he complimented Russ. And I had some people email me and hit me on Twitter like, LeBron wants Russ back. And they quoted what he said. And I'm like, that's well, that you means. know, <laughs> that's not, yeah. I mean, you have to understand the context of what, what he's, it's not what he's it's what he's not saying like yeah. if he says i need russ back then that changes things whereas if he's saying like yeah russ is a good guy <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything you know it's like that's what everybody says with the you know it's like it's not you it's me kind of breakup like that's where it's happening so i i don't know what they're gonna do yet because they don't know what they're gonna do yet and obviously fans would love to know but the the one thing i could say is i don't think lebron and the lakers are getting on the same page is going to happen this summer. I just don't think they're going to be on the same page. So it's going to be um, who's taking a leap, making a leap of faith, probably the Lakers. Uh, what's the closest thing 
to the same page. They may not, they'll be, maybe they'll be in the same book, but they're not going to be in the same page. I don't <laughs> think that's going to be, I don't think that's in the car uh, to mix a metaphor this, uh, this off season. So then the question yeah. becomes for the Lakers, like how much risk are you willing to take? Because do you want to absorb, if it's a Gordon Hayward, maybe it's Terry Rogier, maybe it's Malcolm Brogdon, whoever it is, do you want to absorb those long-term salaries? And then potentially see 2023 LeBron rides off to the sunset, says, see you later, go somewhere else. And then the Lakers are still paying Gordon Hayward, still paying whoever it is that they've, they've brought in. That's a, a possibility that they're, they're going to have to weigh in whatever moves they make this off season. Yeah, if you're not giving up future draft picks, if you're not giving up 27, 29, that to me would be a priority because even if LeBron does stay, those picks are after his contract. However, yep. I mean, he's probably done at that point and AD's probably gone. So if, if you say um, the return is fantastic, that's a different story. Like if it's just like overwhelming, like if you can get, and, and I don't love this, but if you can get Turner and Brogdon and Buddy Heald, all three for, let's say, both firsts and THT and whatever else. I'm not saying you can. I don't I, look at the games played each year by Malcolm Brogdon for a team that just suffered massive injury issues. Buddy plays every every year. He plays almost every game. Not a huge fan of his game. I'm not sure Malik Monk is. I think he's be, Malik Monk is better personally than Buddy Heald. That's my personal take. Will be a lot cheaper if the Lakers can figure out how to keep him. At most, he's ten and a half or ten point four, whatever. Then Turner also young, hurt a lot. So, like giving up two all that. Like if it's me, I'm probably thinking you know maybe maybe stretching Russ looks more appealing or I could actually go with like Rozier, good young player. He's 28 mm-hmm. ish, 27 in that range. He's not young, young anymore, but he's got some years left. Seems to be a very clutch player. They definitely need a guard who can do what he does. And if you take Hayward to me, it's kicking the can. Like you could just let Hayward expire, but like next year, uh, then Hayward isn't expiring. You know what I mean? So I'd be like, I think Brogdon would be great. Like if you go from Westbrook to Hayward and then after a year you go Hayward into Brogdon where Brogdon is then expiring. You know what I mean? Like I'd be kicking the can that way provided those picks aren't involved. And if they are, and if the deals are all ugly, I'd be saying I'll just buy out Russ between three, between zero and 3 million. If he's getting a minimum somewhere else between zero and I guess between three and 10, depending on if he signs for more, Mm -hmm. you could probably get a little bit out. I'm not afraid. Of, I think stretching him is like way better than a lot. Like taking on Brogdon, who if Brogdon was like younger and played 70 games a year, but he plays like 50 games a year. You know, it's pretty rough. So I I don't know. I don't think they've got a, a good answer. There's no good solution. Yeah. But I didn't create their problem. So you know, I I would have done things differently along the way. But asked how do you solve them? There's no great solution. But I think they're going to have to take a leap of faith. And for me, the leap of faith is better in a stretch or in a trade that keeps those first round picks long term, even though for someone like LeBron, I would think those first round picks probably are the least interesting things and the most expendable from his point of view of winning now. Who cares about a few years down the road? And by the way, if Rob Palinka is and this is something I'm going to teach in the class, this is something I'm adding in sports business classroom uh, related to teams where the 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 general manager may be facing time where scrutiny might make them feel like their job is in danger. 
where the public opinion is turning against them, mm-hmm. some te- you might make a different move off of that. I'm operating out of where I sit, which is like no one's, I don't lose my job <laughs> if I make a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whereas like, so, like there had been talks like David Griffin, people weren't sure how it was working. The Laker trade was great when they, you know, for AD, uh, but like Zion's been hurt, you da, da, da. and then they pull CJ out and like, you realize how good Hubert Jones is and Alvarado. And you start to see like, well, maybe there's been a method to his, yeah. what his madness has been. And now it's like David Griffin's looking like, okay, you know, like, yeah, you've done pretty well the last few years. Whereas if you said that like four months ago, you'd be like, man, this guy might be, you know, there were people whispering, like maybe the Pelicans would redo their front office. So maybe, um, uh, you know, a, a general manager, whatever their position is, might make a deal or a move that is more self-preservation uh, for them. And those future firsts certainly wouldn't matter for a guy who's like, well, I'm not going to be here anyway if things don't work out. So I certainly would give up those firsts to do something like that. That's where ownership and and people uh, have to have a clear head and make the right decision. What's best for the franchise, not just what's best for right now, which may be a complete disaster, like the Nets when they did the whole KG thing, right? Like, so you just got to be careful when you're giving up way down the road yep. future considerations. That's all. Absolutely. Yeah, can be a dangerous a thing. Can be a dangerous thing. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to cut the Lakers talk there. We've got months to talk <laughs> Lakers. Uh, probably well, it feels like we're what we're a couple days out from another trade target rumor. So we'll, we'll, we'll get that going. Can we make uh, it like tomorrow? I, I need more to talk about. Let's make hey, it tomorrow. Man, that's true. You you need it. You need it. So I, I'm rooting for you for that. But Eric, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us here uh, on NBA front off show. I know, you know it was a blast for Trevor and I, and mm-hmm. you know, guys check out sportsbusinessclassroom.com check it out all the uh information about the um, immersive experiences on there uh in las vegas at summer league um your day if you can do it and pull it off it's a great time plus you're at summer league summer league in big, general uh, is a great is a great time it, yeah, trevor and i's yeah. you know uh, favorite there um if you stick around summer league long enough because i've experienced this you'll see eric sitting there working on cap sheets uh <laughs> catching himself up um because i've seen that myself at times but it's uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun so but thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Of course, guys. Anytime, appreciate it. Uh, just reach out if you need anything. I'm at Eric Pincus, E-R-I-C-P-I-N-C-U-S. That's E-R-I-C-P-I-N-C-U-S on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk if you have any questions about Sports Business Classroom or if you want to ask me about a hard cap question. It's going to happen anyway. <laughs> All right. It. Well, thank you again so much, Eric. Guys, that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show over on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And of course, we love getting those reviews over on Apple Podcasts. If you guys want to toss us a five-star rating as well, we would not hate that. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.